Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, it's Lori. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We are so excited that you've tuned in today to listen, and I know that this is going to be a blessing to you. I know we say that after every episode because it really does just seem like each episode gets better and better. We love the people that we've been able to um, interview and talk with, and I hope you've been enjoying them as well. Today's going to be no different. My mom and I had the chance to sit down and talk to Karen, and she's a woman who's been standing for her marriage. She does not have a restored marriage yet, but she is in the midst of it, and the things that she has seen God do in the middle of her stand are just going to amaze you. I know that after listening to her story, you are going to just be energized, and your faith is going to be strengthened. I know that you're going to um, even, I hope, have a different prayer life based on what Karen is sharing today. And she has just prayed some big prayers, and she has seen God be faithful in those things, and, and she's been looking for God in those things. And we talk about that a lot, especially when we share the Saturday testimonies, that, yes, we are praying for big things in our lives. But we need to be looking for God every day in the small answers to prayer. And she has been doing that in the midst of her stand. And boy, God has um, answered prayers for her, strengthened her faith. And she's been an encouragement to people around her in the midst of this. And so that's what we would pray would happen to each of you in the middle of your stand. Um, I shared with somebody just a couple days ago about Rejoice Marriage Ministries and about marriage restoration. And this man threw his hands in the air and he said, what a story of hope. And that's what I hope you realize is that right now, even in the valley, you can have a story of hope that you can share with other people. So listen to this testimony. I hope it is a blessing to you. And um, we would love to hear how the Lord used this to touch you, what you thought of it. And I want to hear your stories of hope as well. So you can reach out to us through our website and share with us how God's been showing you hope in the midst of your trials, whatever that is. Enjoy. All right. Well, Karen, thanks for joining us today and sitting down to talk with us. And we're excited to hear um, your story. And while you don't have a restoration story yet, you have seen God move in so many ways in your life personally. And um, we're excited to just hear more about your story and what's been going on with your stand. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about um, the early days of your marriage. We had a wonderful marriage um, since day one. Uh, We were married for uh, 19 years. Wonderful Christian man. Um, I was married to, he had often uh, told me that he didn't just, um, make a vow in front of a bunch of people the day that we got married he made a vow before god and it meant something to him divorce was for other people not for us um we were very open with each other we never had any problems and i i know that's not the case with a lot of uh stories uh of divorce but we really we were very happy it's just um some other um, extended family circumstances kind of took a toll and affected us. 
but it was uh, God ordained even how God brought us together uh, when we first met. And um, I just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we were meant to be. We have three children and um, God was uh, was with us, uh, blessed us. And um, but we did have some tragedy happen to us along the way uh, with some extended family. And so it kind of uh, took a toll on us. When did you start to see things changing in your marriage or seeing conflict come in? My parents, we were very close to, uh, they lived across the street, wonderful Christian parents, but they ended up passing away from um, uh, disease and um, they were not right at the end. And so it caused a lot of family issues and um, financial issues and problems. And that um, I was dealing with grief uh, after my mom passed, first my mom passed, and then my stepfather had passed a year later. But I was dealing with grief and a lot of anger uh, because um, I was written out of the will. <laughs> um, but it was um, it was just because they weren't in the right, in their right mind, and um, a lot of ugly things happen <laughs> after that. And so I was uh, uh, I felt betrayed by my extended family, and and so uh, but. Me and uh, me and Brian were tight. Um, he was encouraging me uh, along the way, uh, giving me scripture. And but after a while, a uh, couple years, uh, he started to feel the strain of of things. There was a financial strain because my parents were paying for my kids to go to private Christian school, and then that was taken away. I, I wasn't uh, left with the inheritance, uh, so we struggled to keep them in. Um, and so he, a lot of stuff was happening at his job at the time, uh, no fault of his, but it was just a lot of stress. And I started to see that he, uh, the first thing that I realized something was different was when uh, he was anger. He, he was just, I could feel it uh, when I was near him. Um, and he was saying something to me and I, I said to him, well, why don't you pray about it? And what he said to me really like scared me because I never heard this reaction from him. And um, he said, uh, do you really think that's going to help? And I got so scared. Mm -hmm. And I just turned around and walked upstairs to my bedroom. And I just prayed, because uh, my my rock there, (laughs) my stable uh, Christian husband, said something that was not in line with his character or the Bible. Um, And then I just started to see him the anger and the uh, bitterness uh, against my parents and the stress that it caused, even though uh, uh, my stepfather ended up passing away a year and a half later. Um, I just started to see him pull away more and more and uh, something wasn't right. And um, I was always a, a Christian. I was a Christian my whole life. I, I'd seen God do amazing things in my life, but I didn't know him like I know him now. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. But I found that everything was being stripped away from me. And um, I did end up finding some deception from Brian. Um, He was uh, emailing another woman. He denied it saying that it wasn't what it looked like, but we got over that. And I'm like, okay. He's like, he just didn't realize, you know, how guys could be, they, they take things a different way, but women see it like, Hey, this girl's really into you. (laughs) And so, um, but we got over it. We went to some counseling and then, you know, I completely, you know, trusted him because, um, he never showed any of this prior to that. It was just a mess up, no problem. And um, about a year later, I just felt this impression where God said, 
today is the day you need to check his phone. And, uh, and I knew I, I kind of had that feeling that I needed to check his phone because I hadn't seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. But I just kept pushing it off because it wasn't, we didn't live like that where we didn't trust each other. We talked about other people who didn't have trust in their marriages. We had open, complete trust. I'm telling you, it was the furthest thing from my mind that my husband, if, if he was caught in something, it was an honest mistake and it wasn't what it looked like. Yeah. And so I, um, I didn't realize that it was God speaking to me, but that morning I did check his phone. It led to the, uh, it was the same person that he was um, talking to a year prior. But this time when I, I found out he wasn't like repentant or anything, he just completely turned against me. And all of a sudden our marriage was wrong from the beginning and I was a horrible wife and it was like I was talking to a different person. It was horrible. And I really um, felt really alone. I was alone. My parents, who we were so close to, they had passed away. Uh, we are, we're living in a state where we didn't, uh, we come from another state. And so I was, I just started uh, getting lower and lower into this depression and um, a lot of anger too. <laughs> because of what I was dealing what I had to deal with with my mom uh, and my stepfather and betrayal. But I have to tell this part because this is what led up to where I am today. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was, uh, my friends around me could sense my anger at my parents' situation. And I was angry. I would tell the story about what happened to me and Brian and how my parents treated me, even though they were not in the right minds. And um, I was just, people would say, oh, pray. And they would give me all the um, verses and all this. And, and I'm like, it's not helping. It's not helping, you know, whatever. I was just like, there was a wall up. And um, I look back and I see that God just really sought me out because I'm telling you, I had no intention, no intention of seeking God, but he sought me out. Through a series of events, I went to this Bible study I didn't want to go to, but I only went to it because I was killing time because I dropped my kids off at youth group. <laughs> go ahead. So I was, I was, yeah, I was killing time. I didn't even buy the book for the class that they were doing, but they were saying how great it was. I'm like, okay, whatever. And after the class ended, I saw the book really cheap at a cheap bookstore. I'm like, let me, it's so cheap. It's $2.50. Let me see what they were talking about, you know. But I was angry. I was angry as I bought it. I don't understand that, but that's that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I started to read this book by, um, you know, it's from uh, Mark Batterson, uh, Circle Maker. Yes. Oh, I think, yes. I think that was the one. And it. T- I just started reading. <laughs> it's so crazy because I did not want to read it. And I started reading it. And it just opened up. God used that book to open up my eyes to how God is there are miracles all around us. Amen. It just opened up this, created this hunger in me to search, seek God out more. I couldn't believe what was happening. And I'm like, I'm starting to read the Bible. I don't want to miss out on anything because little miracles are going on all around us. And I don't want to miss that because that's amazing. So I started to read the Bible. I started to read devotions, you know, the Jesus calling book. I started reading. Oh, I love that. And, um, I would pray. And um, at this time, we were, um, our house was up for sale because we wanted to keep our kids in, in a school. So we knew we had to 
sell our big house and uh, to keep them in the school because we didn't want to uproot our kids' lives anymore. Their grandparents passed away. We just wanted to keep them stable. So we were about to sell our house. And I remember one morning after I dropped the kids off at school, I came home, I sat down in my living room and, and I asked God, please, can you tell me, because it was getting, it was really bad with Ryan. And I asked God, please give me a sign, a verse, anything. Are you, you tell me that you're going to heal my marriage. And um, I opened up um, the Jesus calling book. And the verse for that day was um, delight in me. And I will give you the desires of your heart. And I, I was just like, like that kind of stuff just kept happening where I would pray and verses would just, God would just show me these verses. And it was so specific. We did moved, you have, did you have a desire in the beginning when you first found out about his unfaithfulness, when you, when your marriage first started falling apart, did you have a desire to have your marriage restored or were you on the side where you were angry and thought, well, it's been exposed and now we'll just move on our separate ways. What, where were you in the beginning? What was your uh, divorce never even entered my mind but we were just going through a really big problem, but we're going to get through it because Brian loves me and he's, this is not him. You know, we're going to get through it. I just didn't have the tools to know how to fight. Yeah, I didn't um, except, okay, I'm going to pray. But at the same time, when I first found out, I wasn't really knowing, you know, submersing myself in the word because I didn't know, but God was bringing me through this uh, teaching me. We ended up, um, we sold our house. And I remember, um, I have a big problem with change. You know, I get nervous. I have anxiety because <laughs> everything, if something changes and the day that we, um, were moving out of our house, I, we woke up that morning and I said to Brian, I'm really nervous, Brian. And he knew that about me with any change. You know, I said, um, you know, it's so different now. We're going to move from this house that we raised our kids in. And, um, I said, would you pray with me? And, uh, he didn't, he said, no, not going to pray with you. This is a horrible situation. He was angry about, you know, that we had to move and uh, all this. So um, I knew I didn't have him to help me. And I knew it was only God. Um, I ended up, we ended up moving. Uh, Another problem I had, an issue I had with uh, going through the move was I was still at this time, still dealing with trying to forgive my parents for what had happened and moving would bring back a lot of memories because I would see things that, you know, photo albums and pictures I'd have to unpack, you know, I'd have to pack up to bring to the new house. And I thought that was just going to bring me down a road of, you know, seeing it and like, Oh, we had a good life and all this. I was nervous about that. Well, God um, brought me through that as I was unpacking things and a lot of memories were coming back, um, I didn't look at my parents with uh, anger anymore. All the good memories were coming back and they were flooding my mind and pushing out the bad memories. And I didn't know it at the time, but, ne- but God was working on my heart. What and a gift uh, from God that he gave that yeah. to you yeah. when you were moving at your husband couldn't pray for you, but God super superseded yep. and helped you through it anyway. So absolutely, the Lord was. And right then when there we got into you. the new house, um, Brian and uh, some friends and my kids were going back, back and forth, you know, making so many trips, and I I felt this like um, I still felt this anxiety, and I 
I got on the living room floor and I prayed in my new place here. And I, I said, God, you know, I don't have my husband. I don't have my parents anymore. I said, I'm completely alone. I said, all I have is you. Tell me, let me know you are in this somehow, some way. About 10 minutes after I prayed that prayer, I got a knock on my door. It was a pastor who knocked on my door. I didn't know him. He was knocking on all the doors in this um, townhouse area and inviting people to his church. I said, oh, well, I already go to church. Blah, blah, blah. And he said, I already have a home church. And he said, um, well, is there anything I can pray with you about? I said, yeah, we just moved in today. I wasn't going to go into anything, but I'm like, yeah, we just moved in today. And so he started to pray for me. As he was praying, he started to pray for my marriage. And I, I was like, I started to cry. And uh, he was going into detail about my marriage, just praying for, um, for God's uh, protection over it and strengthening it. And I looked up after he was done. I said, you know, you were sent here by God. I prayed about 10 minutes ago <laughs> for God to let me know that he is in this and he sent you. He said, many times I'd passed this development and I, I wanted to come in here, invite people to my church. And I, I never got around to it. But God told me today that there's someone I need to pray for. Is that so amazing? How God kept kept doing this for me, kept, you know, comforting me because my husband was just, he just checked out. Um, I'll get to this other part. All that time where my heart was softening and I was able to look at pictures of my parents and not be so angry because their life was, they were wonderful Christian people. And so now um, I remember I was driving one day and I was behind someone um, who resembled my stepfather and um, it looked so much like him. And uh, he had passed by this point and I was still, I was more angry at him than my mom. And um, he, um, at that moment, I started to think about um, my stepfather and all of a sudden I started to miss him and I started crying hysterically as I'm driving on the road and I realized how much I loved him and how at that moment, I, I realized I never really grieved his death because I was so angry. And I realized at that moment, I was able to forgive him totally and completely. Amen. For what he did. And that weight was lifted off of me. And then I was able to look back and saw that God was preparing my heart the whole time, softening my heart. He brought me to a safe place. He was able to um, just bring me on this journey of it was step by step where I was able to get to that point of forgiveness. I felt such a weight lifted from me where I started to see people differently. And I know that that is the power of the Holy Spirit that changes your view of other people, it changes your whole perspective. He works from the inside out. And I started to have such a um, such a heart for other people. And then when I would see people being mean or nasty, I'd be like, oh, they probably went through something so hard. We need to pray for them. And I'm like, like, this was not me. I mean, I was always a nice person. I'm not saying I was mean, but I was living a couple of years where I was like, mm. you know, my friends started to see me differently. They're like, Karen, you have changed. You didn't realize it, but you, it was when they were around me, they could just sense that anger. So I say all that to, I'm so grateful because God brought me through that journey. I'm so grateful that he sought me out because I wasn't seeking him, but he took the time to sort seek me out. 
And he gave me an understanding where, where it changed everything. Now I lost a lot with my parents, but I can tell that story where I used to tell it with such anger. Now I can tell it like, yeah, it's horrible what happened. Even my extended family. I mean, there was a lot going on, but I can tell it like, even though I lost a lot, what I have known, what God has done for me and my heart surpasses all. And I forgive my parents totally and completely. I know. And it wasn't until I was driving on the road that day where it dawned on me. If they could come back now, they would fix everything. I totally forgive them. This wasn't their heart. But only the power of the Holy Spirit can give me that insight and understanding. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness sets you free. Amen. And Karen, (laughs) let me interject right now. Forgiveness is a huge subject in every one of our lives. And every one of us, and especially me, when Bob was with the other woman and, and doing other things that were all on Christ-like, not to his character, just totally a transformation into another person, that anger and bitterness and that rage I would feel some days. I mean, I literally have, and I'm sure everybody may have read about it or heard about it, but I literally chased him in a car looking for him. And I don't know what I would have done if I'd found him. But I was so angry at him bringing the other person to my in-law's house, which is right one block from me that I can see them. And he called and he said, have the kids come down and see my parents because I'm here with my girlfriend. And that just was like a knife into my heart. And that pain that you're talking about wounding that you had is that we have to forgive others. And that's so important. And uh, let me share that scripture so we can really um, help people to know how important forgiveness is. And it's in Matthew 18, verse 21. And then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but that 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts. And he goes on and he shares this story about a servant falling on his knees and and having a parable story with be patient with me and so forth. I won't read it. It's long, but it's Matthew 18 verses 23 to the end of the chapter. But but he wants us to forgive. Even when our spouses or children or other loved ones like parents or anybody, a a co-worker or a boss, he wants us to keep forgiving and give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I give you this problem and you solve it out. You work it out. Give me wisdom and knowledge and direction how to pray for them, how to work it out that you would get the glory because we are wounded. But we have to take that wound and say, Lord, heal my broken, wounded heart. Because he can heal that heart, that pain, that suffering, that rejection, that wounding that family members may have done to us or even friends or bosses. And we can walk in that spirit of forgiveness that the Lord wants us to do regularly as a believer. And we're going to say, well, they don't deserve it. No, they don't. But the Lord wants us to be free of that unforgiveness that can change us and the enemy can defeat us with that and play a mind game. 
the battle for our mind is such a biggie because we can replay and rehash all those scenarios over and over and over and get us mad, even madder when that is the enemy trying to defeat us. So anyway, I'm so glad you talked about forgiveness. That is such a key in marriage restoration and in having a healthy marriage. We have to forgive and forget and not hold grudges with different things that happen in a normal marriage. Yep. Did your husband start to see a change in you as well, or did he not notice it? He, um, well, when we moved, uh, just before we moved, he informed me that he was getting his own place. Mm. So, um, so I was seeing a lot of this anger um, from him. I just, I figured, oh, once we move, the stress will be gone and we'll start new. Uh, but he, he told me he was getting his own place. Um, I could not really talk to him. Everything was, he was like, so much anger was coming out of him. So um, it was very hard. I, so we moved in here, just me and the kids by our, by ourselves. Um, the, he would come by here and there, but we saw less and less of him. Um, at that time, I I truly don't believe that that woman was involved. I think that was just like a, a work related kind of uh, thing, but I, who knows, maybe just a flirtatious thing. Cause he's not with her today, but um, he did get his own place, but he got more, um, more and more uh, secretive. I just kept praying and just left him up to God. I just, I just figured. Um, and I felt God was telling me this, just show him Jesus, just show him Jesus. Um, and that God was dealing with him. There was a few times I did approach him. Can we talk about our marriage? And um, when I say a completely different person, I was, I was afraid of him. I became very afraid of him because he, it was, it, it was not him. It was not him at all. And I, I mean, I, I, he was 16 when I met him and I was 17. We were together for 23 years. Um, it, so it was very 24 years, but it was very hard um, to you. I could not sit down with him, have a conversation, could not. Um, and I knew that that was just the he was in a really um, low place. And that's when the enemy takes advantage and starts whispering into his ear that, oh, it's her. Karen is the problem, you know. So suddenly we weren't going through uh, this together. I was the problem. And he started to twist things. And I couldn't even, what do you say when it's so bizarre, what's coming out of his mouth, but I just kept praying and praying. One day he did come over um, and was not, if I mentioned marriage, he would like laugh at me and be angry at the same time, but like ridicule me, like talking about our marriage. This was not my husband. And um, I, he, he had left. I spent the day crying and praying and at the time, I did not know this verse, but it came to me. Uh, it's Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that I can ask or imagine. I was praying that verse. I knew it was in the Bible somewhere, but it just kept coming to my mind. And I couldn't even formulate the words to pray because I was so upset. And uh, I just kept repeating that, kept repeating that. And I was on the floor in my bedroom. And I said to God, I have to get up to go downstairs to make dinner for the kids. Can you please tell me something that you are going to somehow, some way that you're going to restore my marriage. And as I was getting up from the floor, I saw my Jesus calling book. (laughs) And um, I, I said to myself, I realized I didn't 
read the devotion for that day. And I'm like, oh, let me just quick read this. And at, it was that day on August 23rd of 2016, I read, it was about giving your loved ones over to God. And the last sentence was, watch to see what I will do. I looked at the scripture verse references for that day. And it said Ephesians 3.20. Now, at this point, I didn't know what I was praying was Ephesians 3.20. And I turned to it in the Bible. Chills. Chills. It, God does speak. God I was just speak. going to say that to you. Yeah. That is my words that I love to say to everyone I talk to. Or yeah. I love to write down to the, on our devotional. Is that we can understand that God wants to speak to his children. And to open our ears and our eyes to see it. And in literally, he opened your eyes and ears to see and hear his voice in, in a double way that day to say, I am with you. I'm yeah. here. I can do all things and I will do it. Oh, my God. And word. it's a boost. It's a boost to get you through. It's a boost. It's an encouragement to keep going. And then it's like, okay, I can face another day because God is, he's already got this in his hands. Of course, some time went on. It did continue at this time. He's not with anybody. As far as I know, he's not with anybody. Um, even I tried to find out if he was with that other person. He wasn't as, as far as I could find out. Um, I was even asking at this point, I wasn't telling anybody about what was going on because I was so protective of Amen. his, his reputation. Um, and I, this couldn't, and it's like, it's not like, I I don't want to, I don't see it as a pride thing, but I wanted to protect him because he was such a, people looked up to him. You know, I didn't want to take him down. I figured we could just like fix this and no one will ever have to know once he gets over this, but it, um, it continued to get worse. And, uh, I just kept praying. God kept, uh, growing me in, in his word. And, um, a lot of people were, you know, praying, uh, I have some, you know, close friends and they knew, but they just kept praying with me. And, and then one day on my 40th birthday, uh, my friend, um, she thought I knew, but she said, Karen, he's moving on. I said, what are you, what are you talking about? And she happened to see some pictures um, online and with someone else. And I'm like, everything in my mind was saying, no, no, you can have, you know, I can have a picture with another guy. It doesn't mean something's going on. And so I looked into it further and um, got some confirmations. And um, I, I've i never felt so much fear, so much. Uh, I can't even describe what my body went through. Because the other thing I think was just a flirtatious lying thing. This was something, this was like a real like relationship. It looked like with pictures and vacations. You were shocked. Beyond. You were shocked. Because you've always, in the back of your mind, yeah. had the hope. Yeah. So that sort of shattered yeah. you at that moment. I, I could, could not believe it. Um, I did confront him. Um, and um, he was still that angry person. There was no remorse. No, um, I have to back up. A month before I found out, he, um, he filed for divorce. Um, before that, I had talked to him I'm like, what is your what is your goal? You're not living with me. What are your plans? And um, I said, are you do you want to divorce me? And he had told me, no, I think we could just work this out. I don't want a divorce. Well, 
I guess maybe like eight months later or so, I forget, then he did file for divorce. And I said to him, like, why? And he started using some language that I knew was not him. Like he didn't talk this way. And um, he filed like in September. And I had found out in January about um, this other woman. So the divorce was set to go through in February. And so um, the whole time before I found out about the girl and the whole time up until the divorce in in February, I was praying and believing that God was going to stop this. And um, I had even gotten um, a brochure from Focus on the Family. It came in the mail about how they have that uh, retreat. You can Mm. go through. I forget the name of it. Um, I had this flyer and I I left it on my table um, because I was thinking, oh, maybe God will give me the right time to give this pamphlet to him. One day I was, I was at work and um, I came home and apparently he had come in. He was um, teaching my son how to shave. And uh, so he did come in. um, And when I had come home, I, I realized that the pamphlet wasn't there anymore. Um, I said to my son, I'm like, what, what happened? Um, Do you know where this pamphlet is? Was he's like, I don't know, but daddy was standing right there. And uh, he was showing me how to shave and he was standing in the hallway for a while and the table is like right outside of the bathroom. And um, I'm like, that's so strange. I checked, I went and checked all the garbage cans in the house. Cause I figured, Oh, he crumbled it up and threw it away just to get at me. But no, it wasn't there. The next time I saw him, I said to him, I'm like, Hey, Brian, um, did you see that pamphlet that I had from focus on the family? And he had a smile and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like this, this smile, this corner smile. I knew he took it. I knew God was working. I knew God was speaking to him, but he, it was the enemy that was pulling him the other way. But anyway, back to his uh, language that I didn't recognize. Um, he was saying, if you continue to drag on this divorce, you know, through the holidays and into the new year, I'm not going to make concessions with you for the divorce. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, we don't, we don't talk like that. We don't have like big family gatherings at Christmas or through the new year. So I remember um, a couple of my close friends were saying to me, Karen, he doesn't sound like himself. Who is he talking to? I said, no one. I mean, he's I mean, maybe some friends around him, but this doesn't seem look, what's the urgency to get this divorce. I'm like, I don't know. Well, I found out that it was this other woman. Um, I, or from that point, when I found out, uh, there was a month between, I found out about the other woman and the divorce, um, God did amazing things. He brought a lot of people around me, uh, to pray for me. Um, I wasn't eating <laughs> at all. Uh, my whole body was in pain. I could not sleep. And when I did sleep, I wished I could sleep longer because the pain, it was so painful to be alert and to be aware of what was going on. Um, and um, I remember I would sleep for a few hours. I would get up at four or five in the morning. I would go into my closet, my dark closet and pray and cry and cry and cry and pray. And I, I got to tell you, my body was like, so like sickly too. I ended up losing like 18 pounds. And that's a lot for me. Um, sleep was uncomfortable. My bones were hurting and emotional pain. So I remember one day I was at church and I thought to myself, it would be so great if I could have a, a, a people, you know, a prayer night just to pray for this, to stop this divorce from going through. But I said to myself, I don't even know how to get people together. Well, I was driving home from church that day and I got a text from a 
girl who said, hey, we're having a prayer meeting tonight. We want you to come and we want to pray for your marriage. Wow. Is that amazing? I didn't tell anyone about that thought. And I just, God just kept showing me that the Holy Spirit is so real. And the thoughts that you think are your own, Holy Spirit, you know, it's the Holy Spirit. When you seek him, um, he will show you amazing things. But I had a lot of support the day of the divorce. We were believing and praying. There was nothing that was going to shake my faith. Uh, The divorce did go through that day. As I'm crying there, crying, you know, signing the paper. I still didn't believe it was going through every fiber of my being was, was in Christ. He's going to stop this. I came home. I had to tell my kids it went through by the next day. God restored my faith. I still continue to believe that even though the divorce went through, he's still going to restore this somehow, some way life went on a lot of court. um, He kept dragging me to court. The kids were not accepting of his new life. A couple of months after the divorce, he got um, engaged to this person. And by the end of the same year that we were divorced, he was remarried. We prayed against it. I had a lot of people praying and believing. God was showing me things. Um, we were declaring scripture. The um, celebration of this adulterous affair, <laughs> this legal- legalization did go through. Uh, we were devastated, me and my kids. Still, uh, God continued to, with, uh, with his word, continued to um, encourage me. I have to say that a lot of people, though, after the divorce went through, they kind of fell to the wayside and, and uh, didn't believe as strongly anymore. And it was more about, like, God's going to take care of you. I'm like, yeah, I know God's going to take care of me, but what about this? You know, I, I still believe in, you know, in this promise and, and um, all that God said. And um, they, um, they kind of fell away. And I remember um, someone had said to me, be careful who you share your story with, because if they do not have the faith, if they have not walked through deep waters, um, then they will not have the faith to believe for you and your situation and they will discourage you. I have found that to be true. So I've learned to zip my lips with who I share with. So (laughs) let me read a scripture from Isaiah 55. I'll start in verse seven. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, he will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways, my ways declared the Lord. And that's what you were facing. Like you wanted the marriage to be restored in the beginning, you know, before your husband even left the house, then you wanted the marriage to be restored after he left the house, then before the divorce, then, okay, we're here now, God, like, okay, this is your time to step in and show everybody what you can do. And so many people get discouraged because they think, well, God failed me because my divorce went through or God failed me because I didn't get that promotion or God failed me because of X, Y, and Z. But it's so important to remember that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And we limit God so many times when we um, demand our timetable. And so it's so encouraging to hear how, even though you had your day, you took your day to wallow in, okay, Mm -hmm. God didn't come through today, but you got up the next day and said, okay, God, you know, I'm waiting on you. And it's so important not to get stuck in that timetable because we have got no clue what is happening. I mean, we can see 
you know, an eighth of an inch of, of life ahead of us. And God has got the whole picture planned out. He can see things happening on the other side of circumstances that we have no idea about. And so I would just encourage everybody that's listening. When you have those days that you feel like you're giving up and getting mad at God, don't forget who created you, who has allowed this situation, who has answered prayers and continue to seek them. I think it's so neat to hear the way you didn't just sit back and wait for God to bring people to you. You were seeking God. You were praying, Lord, I need to, I need to hear from you. And a pastor shows up on your doorstep, Lord, I need to, to hear, you know, what you're going to do. And a scripture comes to mind and he confirms it through a devotional, like over and over you've seen confirmation after you seek God. And so we have to stay in that communion with God and seeking him for him to talk to us. Exactly. Yeah. I took So true. So true. I often tell people um, when I do share my story with uh, people, um, close friends or those who people I trust. Um, I tell them, if you take anything away from my story, I hope you take away this to believe God for more. Seek him with all your heart because he will show up and he will amaze you. The word of God is true and living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. I have found that to be true. God, it's not like I have this, oh, you know, your people say, oh, your faith, your faith is amazing, you know, it, while, while still in the midst of the storm. But I say, it's not me. It's yeah. God who keeps showing up for me that I can't deny it. Um I am leaving a lot out because it's not just like, okay, I'm praying every day and life goes on and stuff. No, there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of pain. But I find that if you are in the word and you arm yourself with that word, God, God shows you amazing things that you've, you would have never have seen. Um, I will tell you, I will tell you this um, before, right before the divorce, a a friend of mine had a word. She said, uh, God, spoke to her when she found out about this and and she'd said um she was saying to god god why um why did you allow this to happen to karen you know she's been standing for her marriage and she heard god say to her i've known about brian this whole time you are to continue to pray for him and karen is going to be the happiest she's ever been and she said to me, Karen, I don't know what that means, but take it for what it's worth. And I just filed that away and I forgot about it. You know, I, I do keep a journal. I do keep a journal. Um, but that was before the divorce. About a year after the divorce, I had a dream. And in my dream, um, I woke up and Brian was in bed next to me and it was a beautiful morning. And I felt so much joy because what God had promised me had come to pass. And he said, he did what he said he would do. And I felt so much joy that in my dream, while still laying in bed, I lifted up my hand and I pointed to God and I said, he did it. Of course, I was so happy that Brian was next to me, but the joy of God being, I keep, God is so real. His word is true. And I was like, he did it. And I remember in the dream, my daughter had come into uh, the bedroom and on daddy's side and um, Brian had gotten up and he said to her, you want to go downstairs and make some pancakes? And she said, yeah. And it was, it was like my, such joy because my family was restored. I woke up from that dream and I didn't wake up like sad, like, oh, that's, that's not reality. Or I woke up like 
I knew it was from God, a confirmation, like just telling me glimpses of what is to come. And it says there's a verse in the Bible that says that too. I will give you visions of, of the future of what is yet to come. Um, so a while later, maybe sometime after that dream, I was praying one morning, I was fasting and praying. And I said to God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Now I had forgotten about those two instances. But God brought those two things to my mind that morning. And I prayed and I said, God, I know you didn't give me that dream for nothing, but I know you were encouraging me and telling me um, that this is what is to come. And I know you didn't give my friend Liz that word for nothing. I'm praying right now, God, that you will um, make that dream come to pass and that I will be the happiest I've ever been. And um, I said, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Speak to me. With your Holy Spirit, I, I want to know and see and feel you. So later on that day, a couple hours later, um, I was at my computer working, and I had this sermon playing in the background. And I kid you not, the man said my exact prayer that, that I had prayed two hours earlier. I had to rewind it because he got in front of his podium and kneeled down. He said, that dream you had is going to come to pass, and you're going to be the happiest you've ever been. I I froze. I mean, how many more? I'm not even telling you guys all the confirmations God has given me, but these are like some of the big ones. How can I deny it? How can I? I would have to turn my back on God completely and deny all these things that have happened to me. I just know that God speaks. Karen, I want to say that when you're standing and when you're going through the these terrible times, you have the promises and you have the the scriptures the Lord has given you since the beginning of praying for restoration. And that's what I want everyone to remember today is God has been speaking to each of them. And God spoke to me so many times scriptures like he has you. And we have to write those down, as you said, journal and remember them and, and remember God's promises which keeps us going through the darkest days, even like a divorce or a non-covenant marriage or any of those huge um, mountains that we see. Or or that tough Thursday that just got hard. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That we know that God has spoken to us and we just have to plow through and keep our eyes on the Lord and those nuggets of gold that he gives you through Jesus calling or a pastor speaking, pastor stopping by, a pastor preaching and says the same things. Those are all gifts from God and nuggets of gold that he's keeping you and saying, you're on my road to restoration. And the other side of it is not walking away into a happily ever after somewhere else. I just had a conversation this week with a person who was in your situation and she gave up. She got impatient and she thought that she had heard from God wrong and that there must, you know, she deserved to be happy. Mm -hmm. And she is in another marriage right now and in deep regret Mm -hmm. as to where she is because she knows that she gave up on God. And we just had an episode a few episodes back with Fabian and Luz who shared the same thing. Luz gave up standing for her marriage and thought, oh, well, the answer is that I should be happy with somebody else. And you're not happy when you enter that that second, third, fourth marriage, because that's not what God's best is. And so it's so encouraging to just to hear that even though you don't have your big miracle yet, you're still seeing God 
all along the way, answering you, comforting you, providing for you and showing you I'm in control. And he's your husband for right now. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Along the way, God, um, there have been court sessions where I will, I have prayed and fasted. He was bringing a lot against me. That wasn't true um, concerning the kids. There's a lot of anger there because the kids don't accept his lifestyle. And therefore they were, his lawyer was trying to paint me as a a horrible mother. But um, I remember praying and fasting Um, that morning. We got to court and um, I was told that he dropped all the charges against me. And this was going to be like a big, like a big session, court session. And um, everything was dropped. And my lawyer said he could tell that Brian's lawyer wasn't happy. So I could, I knew that it was a decision that was made that morning. There is power in prayer and fasting. Some things cannot be broken apart from prayer and fasting. And I know that he, it was a last minute decision, but I was so, so those God was just protecting me along the way. Um, Along this time, I'm, Throughout this whole time, I hardly speak to Brian. Um, sometimes he will not speak to me. He's not. Um, sometimes he does. If he drops a kid off, you know, um, I'll go out to the driveway. But um, I'm always nice. I'm always I'm always friendly. Um, he's he's OK. You know, sometimes, you know, he's friendly. Uh, sometimes he's talkative. But most of the time, not. I think he has a lot of uh, I think he has a lot of stress in his life with talking to me. <laughs> but and the I, other word that he may have right now is guilt and shame. Yes. He can't deal with and doesn't know how to deal with it. And right. you're just a reminder of what he's done wrong. Yes. And I feel like um, I know that, you know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And that I, I really believe that the devil hates me. <laughs> I mean, I know that that is true. But he has tried to take me down so many times because my husband did have a non-covenant child with this woman. Um, I have nothing. uh, Of course, we were devastated uh, when I came home one day. I came home to a house of tears. My kids were crying. (laughs) It was it was terrible. The news. We know that God already knew about this. I don't have any animosity towards this precious child. It is not the child's fault. But still, my promise, my promise stands. A couple of years ago, I um, had this uh, the, this girl who um, is um, an associate of mine at work, and um, I had her over my house to pick up something. And uh, she's a young Christian girl. She's in her 20s. She's married. And um, God used her to speak to me. And it's amazing. Um, I was sharing with her my husband's story. I, I was sharing with her my stand. And um, years ago, um, my husband experienced a very traumatic event and uh, where he was close to dying. And um, just before he was actually getting ready to die because of this um, incident um, he was involved in, he did survive it. But at that, at that moment, when he realized he was going to live through it, he heard God speak to him and not in an audible voice, but he heard God speak to him. I'm not done with you yet. I still have work for you to do. And, um, my husband um, at the time did not know if that was for the next 20 minutes because <laughs> it was a really bad day or if it was for the next uh, for years to come. Um, but he had to peace. He had a peace um, and he knew that um, God took him out of there. Well, um, as I was sharing the story with uh, my friend, I said to her, God didn't spare my husband's life that day for it to turn out like this because 
Brian's choices do not glorify God. And what she, the following words that she said to me, I just, again, I froze because I knew God was speaking through this young girl to me. And she said, you're right. God is not done with him yet. He still has work for him to do. And instantly I knew that that word that was given to my husband all those years ago was for a time that is yet to come. And um, I always knew, I know it might sound like, oh, everyone says this, but I always knew that God was going to use Brian in a mighty way. Um, he has a gift, a leadership qualities. He is, he used to speak at different churches, giving his testimony. Uh, he's a natural born leader and um, just a, a wonderful man, uh, the true Brian. Uh, but I just didn't know how God was going to use him. And it dawned on me that word was for a time that is yet to come. Um, God is going to use him. God has big plans for him. Uh, the enemy wouldn't be coming against me so so hard <laughs> if um, he didn't have big plans for him. God chose me to stand. I know I've had I've had friends that uh, are not so I'm not so close with anymore. I think that they feel bad for me uh, that oh you know that I'm not you know getting on with my life. But um, and I know that most people couldn't do it. But I know my answer to that. My answer is well, God didn't choose them to stand for Brian. God chose me. God chose me. Who else is going to be on their knees and fasting and praying, continuing when everything is against me? God chose me and he knew that I would be faithful. And um, I just have some verses that have helped me that I just want to say uh, quickly. God showed me this wonderful verse. And I know you know it so well, Charlene. Um, Blessed is she who believed in the fulfillment of what the Lord has spoken to her. God has spoken to me so many times. That was like, when I found that verse, before I, before I read it in your devotionals, I found it in the Bible. I was like, oh, that's it. That, that's what I've been telling people. <laughs> that's it. Um, also, um, God also confirmed that uh, word that Charlotte, uh, that word that was given to Brian all those years ago. Uh, he confirmed it uh, after that conversation with Charlotte. A couple of days later, God confirmed, another, confirmed it with this verse, Isaiah 55, 11. So is my word that comes out of my mouth. It will not return void, but will accomplish the purposes for which it was sent. So that word that was given, it will accomplish. The word that was given to Brian will accomplish the purposes because his ver God's word will not return void. It will not return void. Amen. Um, Amen. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unwaveringly to the confession of our faith for he who promised is faithful. Great. So many verses. Okay, you know, Isaiah 55.11, word that comes out of. The mouth of God will not return void, but will accomplish the purposes for which it was sent. Luke 1, 45, blessed is she who believed in the, what the Lord has spoken to her. And you know, Ephesians three twenty. now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or imagine. Psalm 37, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I could go on and on with that whole Bible. You're in it. That's why, that's why God is speaking to you so much is because you're in his word. And it's so important to do that. Right. I think it's such an encouragement to hear how, even though you haven't received your miracle yet, you're still faithful and you're seeing God do it. And, you know, we talk about Noah a lot here because building that ark for his family, that was anybody else's assignment. That was Noah's assignment. And like you said, this is your assignment that God has given you. 
People are not going to understand why you're trying to build this art for your family. They're not going to understand how you can love somebody that might seem unlovable right now because of the rejection, but you're doing it because this is what God's called you to do. And so that's what you stand for. And, and that's what you hold on to. And I think your testimony is an encouragement and it's going to um, bless others who may be wavering today, just thinking maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And I think it'll be such an encouragement to our listeners. And let me address one subject that we, you brought up late in this conversation is that your husband has had uh, another child with uh, another woman. And yeah. that is a big uh, adjustment for you to have the shock of that, but for your children also. But let me tell you from uh, the ministry experience that we've had with our ministry for so many years, this happens when you're sexually active with another person. And I want to tell you that that child is going to be in your home with your husband, running around with your children, and he's going to be part or she will be part of the family. And it is going to be one that you're going to pour into, that you're going to love, pray for their salvation and be part of your family. And it's, it's going to be a healed scar of a past, but victory that your marriage is restored. But this child is not to be the plague, but be a child of God that, that you can use and that be raise him up to be a mighty or mighty woman or mighty man of God. So many of our people have had to go through this and I want their victories and there's so many victories in testimonies of people having that child come into their house, be part of their family for generations to come. And that is what I want to give you hope and encouragement for. Yeah, we have an episode we recorded, in fact, that um, you can go back and listen to that talks about what do I do when my spouse has a child with the other person that, you know, goes into some testimonies from other people. But yeah, it's forever part of your life and a new piece of your husband to love. Yep. Yes, I know. And I, I I thank God that he has given me a loving heart because I don't feel any animosity towards the child. Of course, before it happened, I, I knew that there was a possibility that that could happen. Um, but I was thinking, well, you know, he is older, um, you know, but um, it did happen. But um, I, I thank God that he knows that I'm he's given me just a, a loving heart. It's not the yeah. precious child's um, fault. Um, and I would never want to, um, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I wouldn't want someone treating yes. me that way. Of course, I would not want uh, to do that to a child. But I, I also will say this. Um, I heard my my son was um, he was talking with a friend one time and he shared his. I have to say, my kids have seen their faith has deepened too over these past few years. They have seen amazing things. And um, th- I know that if this didn't happen, they're it wouldn't be as deep as it is now. Of course, I don't think it's as deep as mine, but they are learning and they are seeing. So that is good. But um, my son was telling a friend one time about uh, my stand. And um, she said to him like, oh, your mom should get on with her life. And like, you know, your mom shouldn't uh, do that. I can't believe like your mom still, you know, wears her rings. And and um, my son said something that like really blew me away. He's like, no, I'm proud of my mom. I'm proud of my mom. But think about it. If more people would stand for their marriage and give it all to God, how many more marriages would be saved? You know, I have found that um, if we it's so true, Charlene, what you say, you know, to to go to the Bible, if we really put into practice what it says, 
your whole life circumstances can change. Your outlook can change. Once you've seen these miracles of God moving the hand of God in the details of your life, you can't, um, you can't deny it. You know, I've gotten to the point where nothing, no matter what anyone says to me, they can think I'm crazy. And I know there are people who do think I'm crazy, but my, my hope is in Christ. And it's so, um, it's unshakable faith because of what God has done for me. And they don't know everything that God has done for me that correct. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care. And I, you know, even if it say God didn't restore my marriage, I believe he will, but let's just say he didn't restore my marriage and I live my life and I die and it didn't happen. Tell me, what did I do wrong? Did I put too much faith in God? I made a vow. I made a vow and I'm honoring that covenant marriage. Amen. Entered into that's not to lift myself up, but I'm saying to an encouragement to other people who are standing um, that if more of us stood for our marriage and gave it to God, the miracles that we would see, don't give up. That's good. Well, thank you for sharing. That's awesome. (laughs) And let me just ask, um, since you mentioned your children, you said that they're growing in the Lord and they're standing up and speaking. And let me encourage all of you that are listening to this to pray for your children to grow in the Lord and be part of your marriage restoration, part of your praying for dad or mom to come home because they're going to grow up and become mighty men and women of faith like never before, before we all had to go through this to get to that point because they're watching mom now and they want dad to come home. So that is something that you're an example, what you're all doing and, and you're an example at your home, but so are all the others that are listening today. You can be a positive example or you can have a lack of faith. So what a blessing you have been to share to others, your testimony of walking and praying for restoration of your marriage and, how your faith and family have been touched by it and others have been touched by it. Your faith wearing your ring and speaking. I'm married forever. Yes. That was your wedding vow that you made. And you're exactly all God, all glory to God, not me, all, all God. He's doing it for me. He's seeking me out. Well, we just, we just thank you for sharing your testimony. It's been a blessing. It has. Let me close us in prayer as we finish up. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we've had to hear from Karen and to hear her story of um, her walk with you and how it has solidified so much over the past few years. And Lord, we never want to go through hardship. We would never choose to do it on our own. But when we face trials, we can trust that you are in control and that you are allowing us to walk through them. And God, often when we go through trials, it's the way that we can see you more clearly in the midst of those trials. So I thank you for that. I thank you for how you have been so clear in Karen's life um, recently through her divorce, through a remarriage of another person, through a non-covenant child, just situation after situation, she has seen you clearly. And I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would be with um, the men and women listening to this who are struggling in their faith today. And they feel like giving up because they can no longer take the hurt or take the pain. And I pray that they would shift their focus from the circumstances and for just put their focus fully on you to see what you have planned for them and to see that your plan is so much better than their plan. I pray that they would have a renewed faith and a renewed um, steadfastness to pray for their prodigal 
so many of these prodigals are lost. They don't know you or they've walked away from their relationship with you and are serving other masters right now. And so I pray that they would um, just for nothing else, be willing to stand in the gap and pray for their prodigals for the salvation and for the relationship to be right. God, I thank you for um, the men and women who have seen you move and they are telling others about it. I thank you for Karen's willingness to share her testimony and to just encourage other men and women to keep fighting and that we know who wins in the end and it's you, Amen. God. And I pray that we would just um, realize that every day when we're feeling overwhelmed and defeated. Thank you for um, this story. And we can't wait to see what you do with it in the future and rejoicing when um, this family is fully restored in your name. Amen. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.